So hey guys, we're back with another podcast, and today we have Eric Erdman on the phone. If you don't know who Eric is, by the end of this podcast, you are going to know all about Eric. Um, but of course, before we do any podcasts, I want to thank the folks over at the Wild West History Association, That's and you can find them at wildwesthistory.org. I urge you to join. It is 75 bucks a year, and you get the journal... And you get all sorts of special things. You get the website, the saddlebag, and you get the Roundup, which is what we're here today to talk about, which is Roundup Wrap-Up 2022. Um, and all of it was put together really by Roy and Charlotte Young and, and the board over at the WWHA. So, you know, I urge you guys to join. Be a part of the WWHA. It's some great stuff going on in Western history. If you like the Old West and Lawmen and Outlaws, like it is the place to be for Wild West history. I also want to thank my friends over Mark Boardman, Eric Wright at the Tombstone Epitaph, Arizona's longest running newspaper. You get the newspaper delivered right to your door. It is extremely reasonable. It's 25 bucks for one year. Two years is $45 or three years is 60. Like you might as well just do the three years for 60. It saves you $15 on a year to year subscription and you get the epitaph right to your door. So the same paper that the herbs and Doc Holiday and the Cowboys read is the same paper that'll be delivered to your door. And you want to subscribe by going to Tombstone Epitaph. That's Tombstone Epitaph.com and check them out. I'm telling you, I get it delivered to the house, and I can't wait to see what uh, uh, Mark and Eric have for us. So, um, Eric and I are brand new to the WWHA. We are brand, this was our very first uh, roundup in in Rapid City, South Dakota. And, and I looked at Eric, and Eric and I have met before, and we know each other through another history group called TTR, which is Tombstone Territory Rendezvous. And they get together, we get together down in Tombstone uh, sometime around October, I think. Is that right, Eric? October? That's correct. Yeah, the, we usually get together um, over the anniversary of the OK Corral site, which is October 26th. So gotcha. around the end of October, for sure. So we're, we know each other through TTR, and then we we happen to see each other, and we're like, "Holy crap!" There's Eric, and I didn't Eric, I didn't know Eric was going to be there, and and his dad, and his dad is just super great, and um and we're both kind of uh, we're we're roundup virgins, and um we didn't know what to expect, and so I at the end of wrap our roundup, I looked at him, I said, "Dude, we got to do a wrap up from the first time." First timer perspective. And then the more we talked, we realized like we're going to do a, a roundup wrap up at the end of every roundup. And, um, and, uh, you know, we want to talk about the highs and lows. And for me, there was really no low per se. I did have one low and, and my low was the hotel. Um, my wife and I checked into the hotel and I, I got sick. Like whatever was in the hotel room. Uh, we tried something else, a different room, and it just, whatever was there, it, it got to my allergies. We ended up having to switch, and, switch hotels. And, and I think your low was the hotel again, right, Eric? But a different, a different low. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. We were in the, you know, the big conference area there because um, it is the uh, conference center for uh, Rapid City. Uh, it's a very large room and it was exceptionally warm. If the air conditioner would have been a little bit better, it would have been more comfortable. I would have been able to relax and listen more and, and focus and concentrate. So, yeah, Milo was the temperature in that overall room. But overall, the hotel, like for me, when I'm a vegetarian, so before Roundup, they asked people like their food choices. The hotel staff nailed it on the food. Like like they made me a vegetarian plate, a actually lasagna, and it was awesome. And the salad and the vegetable and the fruit and the dessert, it was fantastic. And I thought the lunches were great too, but just a couple of lows, which were the something, whatever was in the room made me really... My allergies just went crazy. We had to switch to a different hotel. And uh, and for Eric, it was the air conditioning. But that was really it. We didn't really have any other lows. For me, you know, let, let's talk about, um, you know, what did you think about the event? What? How did you feel about it? So I actually uh, enjoyed the event uh, very much. Um, like you said earlier, I didn't really know what to expect. The only experience I've had is, you know, the last 20 years going down to Tombstone every year for the TTR. And um, I am master of ceremonies there. So that is um, that's always a treat for me. Um, but a lot of the folks that come down to Tombstone were here at Rapid City. So when I walked in, it felt like, oh, family. It was, it was such a welcoming feeling for me. So I was very pleased at that. That was my initial uh, introduction to the Roundup. Very pleased to see you, Mike. It was uh, always great to talk with you. Um, but yeah, there was um, every day and, and evening was just crammed full of things to do, activities. Um, and so, yes, I very much enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to uh, next year down in San Antonio. I think I did the same thing that you did. Like, it, to get to the conference room, I think it was the Rushmore room, you had to yes. make a series of S turns. Like, you came in the lobby, you made a turn, you went down another hallway, you made a turn, and then you made a turn into this room. And when I made the turn into the room, I don't, my wife and I were late, but all these faces were there, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's, I, this is like home, you know, and there were people, there that I've seen for a number of years at TTR, Roy and Donna and, uh, and all sorts of, and, um, and Eddie and, and Pam Potter. I mean, all these, and you, all these faces. And I felt like, wow, like I'm, I'm coming home and I'm in this really cool area. I'm in, I'm in rap, rapid city, South Dakota. Like, like there's so much to see. So it was, when I came in, I was like overwhelmed. I was like, Oh my God. I looked at my wife and I said, this is awesome. And, um, and then the books, I didn't, I didn't realize all the booksellers were going to be there. And so many booksellers were there. A lot of them I didn't know. Did you pick up any, any books? Um, yeah, we did. Um, matter of fact, uh, Roy Young, um, the gentleman who I think he's the president of WHA, um, he, um, he organized the event. Um, he has a, a new book about Newton Earp, which is actually how I'm related to Wyatt Earp. Um, we actually bought seven of those books for one for each of my seven children. So, yes, we, we did buy some books. And I, too, was surprised at how many books were there. It's a little overwhelming, especially, you know, if you're, you know, if you're flying in and you buy a bunch of books, your suitcase could be heavy real quick. Yeah, I mean, we brought... Like we had, we, we brought Wyatt Earp anthology, my personal anthology, because 
I knew that certain people were going to be there, like John Bosnecker was going to be there. And instead, not only was John there, but Casey Tiefertiller was there. And and I had never met Casey. And so obviously, you know, I got my White Earp Anthology book signed by a multitude of people and uh, that were, you know, Roy and Casey and John. And, um, and I've got some others that I've got to get, but Pam and I, and they were, there were so many booksellers there. Like you said, luckily we drove, my wife and I drove up from Phoenix, Arizona and it was a long trip. It was, you know, I think the 11 days we were gone because we made it a history vacation. We drove just under 3000 miles. And, and so when you, you put it all together, right. It, it was an amazing event, and what you said was true. Like, there were just so many faces. It felt like family, and it. I think that was comforting. Agreed. So, we got into the first night, and we got ready to go to regular as the sessions went on the next day. Did you stay for any of the sessions? Um, yes, I stayed for most of them. Uh, there were some uh, towards the evening, um, uh, the second or third day that um, we did not attend just because we were we were tired from the long drive. I, I drove from Spokane as well with my family, uh-huh. and that's, uh, you know, 800 miles or so. So the, we were a little tired, so some of those we didn't get to, but we were there for most of them. We, um, we, made, we made most of the sessions. <clears throat> I, I think there was a couple that we didn't make it. Because we wanted to get back to something, like we wanted to go back and explore. I wanted to see Sturgis. Like I didn't under, I don't ride a Harley, but I wanted to see Sturgis, and I was like, "Oh, what? What is all the big deal about Sturgis?" And then we got into town. <coughs> excuse me. We got into town, and Sturgis ended up being really cool, and saw a very historic cemetery. So we didn't stay for everything, but my wife and I wanted to get out and explore. Uh, the area before, because, you know, we're not going to be back there again. And right. so we wanted to get out and see it. Um, overall, is it, to somebody that's listening, what would you tell them about Roundup before we continue? Like, what would you tell them, you know, about Roundup that is like, oh, I'm on the fence about the WWHA. What What would you tell them? Um, so that's a really good question, Mike. Um, bottom line, if you love history, if you love Western history, uh, WWHA, uh, Roundup, bar none, is going to be your best option to get the facts um, with some of the best presentations um, around. Um, all of the uh, presentations are fact-checked. Anything that's put in the journal has been, there's a board that goes over and they, they assess all the information there to make sure it is worthy of their publication. And so you're getting top-notch information uh, from the top-notch people who do the the, you know, that personal research and it's just fantastic. If that's something you're into, I highly recommend it. And that's really the, the impact that WHA has had on me is, wow, this is the information. This is where you go to get all of those facts. There's a lot of stuff that's been written over the years that are, are questionable. Um, lots of conversations can be had about some of those things. Um, but that's nothing I've ever had to worry about in these groups, both TTR and with WWHA. 
You said it perfectly. So if you guys are listening, check us out. Check out the group at wildwesthistory.org. When, um, when you and I were getting ready for the travel day. Mm, yes. The travel day, I, I'm going to back up a minute and say that Roy and Charlotte Young, I don't know how they do it. Because not only did they work with the board to put on this amazing event, but then he emceed the event and then put together the buses, got the buses in place, made sure everybody was in an assigned bus and you were in an assigned group. Let's talk about that because he did so much. He puts it all together. The buses are late and yet we still had an amazing time. Would, um, towards the end of that day, which is an incredible day, um, I said to Roy, Roy, wow, this is incredible that you put all this together. Um, you know, even with all of the, the things that happened, the bus breaking down, oh, yeah, being delayed, uh, we still made it to everywhere on time. It was great. Um, I said, Roy, just, you did such a great job. He said, this has been two years in the making. So a lot of planning went into what, what we did um, in uh, the Rapid City for sure. So when we left, I think one of the first places we went to was what, Mount Mount Rushmore? Yes, Mount Rushmore. What did you think about Mount Rushmore? Had you seen it before? No, so that was my very first time, um, and I was so very excited to find out where we were going to be going. I've always wanted to see Mount Rushmore, um, and when I got there, it was it's awe-inspiring. Interestingly enough, it's considerably smaller than I anticipated it was going to be. But you, but well, it's smaller because, but if we were, if you and I are up against those heads, all of a sudden it'd be like, holy crap, these things are huge. Well, um, so, so Mike, that's right. That's very fair. It is a, it is very huge sculpture. Um, but from where, I, where I was standing looking up, um, it, I guess I expected it to maybe appear larger. I, oh, I, gotcha. We're some distance away, but yeah. So I had gone. My mom and dad had taken me in the 1960s, I think, maybe late 60s, early 70s. So what we saw was almost completely different because that whole entryway, that beautiful entryway with the flags and everything, none of that oh, yeah. was there. And in my head, and I probably skewed some because it's such a long time ago, was you literally pulled into a parking lot and walked out of the parking lot and there was a railing and that was it. And... And you, you know, you looked at things, I think they had those quarter, those or nickel or dime machines, you know, binoculars, you drop it in there and then you can see up close. But I was blown away at the changes and how beautiful the area was and the museums and the hiking trails and parking and, you know, bathrooms were super clean, but it had really changed. I was really blown away at how much it had changed to today. So I'm glad that you got to see it because my wife had never seen it. And she was, she was awestruck. Like she's, Oh my God, I didn't, you know, she, she's like, I didn't even think I'd ever come here. So yeah, it was, it was a, a great experience for sure. So then the next stop was, um, what the heck? Crazy was horse. It? Crazy horse. So we, we got to Crazy Horse, and again, I had been to Crazy Horse as a child, and I got to be honest, 
it didn't look like a darn thing had changed in, you know, 40 years or, yeah. or longer, you know, 45 years, 50 years. Nothing had really looked like it had changed. Had this been your first time to Crazy Horse? It was also my first time to Crazy Horse. Um, and what was impressive about Crazy Horse is the the monument that they are making to Crazy Horse is literally the entire part of a mountain. Right. The 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 goal for that, and who knows how long it's going to take to get there, is just an incredible undertaking. Um, but it was absolutely incredible to be a part of being able to see that and that culture that they immerse you in. That Native American culture was it moved me to tears, honestly. Yeah, they have some cool stuff. Like, I'll say this for somebody who hasn't been, like, you definitely want to go and see it. I was hoping that as a child from to when I saw it now, there'd be a hand, maybe the horse. And then when I didn't see that, I was like, hmm. And, but at the same time, the face, his face is huge. I, I think it's almost like double the size of Rushmore. Agreed. Yeah, it is. It is going to be very impressive, and it is impressive even in its state of unfinishedness. It yes. is absolutely impressive. Did um, <laughs> did you get to have lunch? Um, I just had uh, just a snack. Uh, you know, one of those pretzels and one of their uh, uh, brats they had there, which was which was good. But we didn't have lunch because we didn't really have a lot of time. Oh, you know, after gotcha. we went to the museum and seeing it. Um, and then when you go outside between that the museum and then where the food is, they have a uh, an outdoor area, and they had a, a Native American gal who was um, doing some talks about some history and some of their culture, and they did some of their drumming and dancing, and it was it was just it was beautiful, honestly. Well, I got to tell you, we my wife and I went into the restaurant, and they had a salad bar, and I was like, salad bar, oh. you know? I was like, ooh, where did that come from? And so we sat down at the table and I think we had about 30 minutes to eat and we sat down and I was expecting, you know, like a tourist trap thing to get taken. And it was an amazing salad bar with a dessert bar. And it was like 20 bucks for my wife and I, it was 10 bucks for an all you can eat salad bar and a dessert bar. And I was like, Man, like the the value on that. So we were blown away at the food and and the food was fantastic. So if anybody's like wanting to know if you want a really great lunch and you're in the area, you know, go, swing by there and their lunch is fan that restaurant is fantastic. Um so we we're at a crazy horse. We get back in the bus and we head to Deadwood. Yeah. Now my wife and I got into town, Rapid City, a day early by accident because I thought there was something going on that day and it was board meetings. And and, and I was like, oh, what are we going to do? We ended up spending a whole day in Deadwood. When we came back with the bus, we ended up seeing stuff that we didn't even see on the full day that we in Deadwood. What, what, what did you think of Deadwood? Because I had never been and I'm curious as to what, what you think. So, um, again, I had never been to Deadwood. The only experience of Deadwood I had was from the HBO show of Deadwood, which, you know, is, um, you know, questionable. But, um, being in Deadwood, um, it's a 
definitely a tourist town. There was a lot of people on the streets. Um, but the tour we had, I don't remember the name of the tour, Mike, if you could um, uh, talk about that, too, because that was an incredible tour, in my opinion. Um, they took us around to some of the highlights, and it was uh, it's an incredible town. It just It's very welcoming and just so steeped in history. I loved it. Yeah, I did, too. And we got in, and, and Roy had said, had given us, like, multiple tours. Like, you can do tour one, tour two, and I think there was another tour, and uh, which was just to, the, just to Mount Moriah. Or you could do the city tours, <clears throat> the city tours, and go all around the city and go to Mount Moriah. And we chose the double-decker bus, oh, and yeah. we sat at the, the upper level, the outside level, and this this tour guide, this guy was born and raised in um, Leeds, I think, is the name of the town. So he's born and raised. He understands the history, all the dynamics of the town. And he took us around and was showing stuff that, like the little details, like Gold Street and why it was called Gold Street. You know, that was where an area where they found a large deposit of gold. And they just, they named it Gold Street. And there was this history and that history and this is the oldest building and look over there and see this point so if you guys get into town i, I honestly don't know the name of it but it's one of the i think it's the only double decker bus tour in town i urge you to take that one because man they take you not only through the whole town but you go to mount moriah i'm hoping that's the one you did correct I think in front of yours, but I think our buses were on the same tour simultaneously. Gotcha. And I think our guide was actually born and raised in Deadwood. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just, um, it was crazy. So what were your highlights about Deadwood? What did you like the most? Ooh, so I got to tell you, the cemetery uh, on Mount Moriah is a beautiful cemetery, the way it's laid out on the hillside. I, um, it's really just, I was awestruck at just how beautiful that portion was and, and the way it overlooks the, the city of Deadwood. That was just really impressive. And honestly, there wasn't as much people up there as there was down in the street. If you're walking on those, that main street where the, you know, a lot of the tourists are, you know, you're, you're going to be shoulder to shoulder all day. But being up on Mount Moriah, there's a lot less people up there. And it just, it was an, an incredible, part to uh to see without a doubt yeah mount moriah was and and was crazy because we've been to cemeteries all pioneer cemeteries all across the west and getting up to seth bullock's grave was a hike i mean it it was almost as as bad as going to see doc holiday at glenwood springs it um it just the 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 hike was it wiped me out and the altitude i was not used to the altitude but the oh, cemetery, yeah. I, I'll tell you, my, I told my wife, I want to have a beer at every bar. And so <laughs> we tried bar hopping, but after the third one, and I'm not a big drinker, but after the third one, I was definitely feeling it. And, um, and so we went and had, you know, a beer at the at number 10 saloon, not the original, the number 10 saloon, and then went down the way and had a beer at the original number 10 saloon. But I got to tell you, I got super lucky because I, we went, we ended up connecting with a group and in my group, and I was like a kid in a candy store, was Kurt House, John Bosnecker, mm. um, my wife and I, 
and then some other people and I, they're standing in front of me. I, I apologize if I, if I don't get your names, but I had these amazing, oh, and David DeHaas and Mary, Mary DeHaas. I, we had all these people that are, you know, extremely well-respected in this group that I was in and I was tra- trying to tackle. I think that was a, one of the highlights was getting to tour Deadwood with John and Kurt and David Oh, and Marshall Trimble was in our group, and getting oh, to yeah. see Marshall Trimble—that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, Mike, I really think you just hit on something that um, I had failed to mention prior: being able to go to these places where this history took place with the people, the historians, the people who are writing the books with them and experiencing that with them, so you can hear from them uh, some of the things that they've learned. It is a, it's almost like a secret pass into history, you know? It is just very, it's a wonderful experience, absolutely. Well, you know, we were we were on the bus tour, and, and I have got a bunch of highlights about, you know, the trip. One of my highlights was Marshall Trimble. Indeed. I had I'd interviewed Marshall, I think, last year. Um, and we had done a, a Marshall his story. We got his story about how he got into Western history and his lost years. and But I'd never met him. And we were at Mount Moriah Cemetery. And he was in the school bus tour. You know the school bus? Yes. And yeah. and we were on the upper the upper deck of the two-story. Two and it was pretty steep and it was pretty hot. And Marshall chose not to get out of the bus and and I'm tall like you and I was able to talk to Marshall while he was sitting in the bus and we had the nicest conversation and we just talked like we didn't talk about history or anything just we talked a little bit about Arizona we both live here he's born here uh he's born you know in, in Arizona raised in Ashford but to talk to Marshall Trimble with no interruptions nobody around just him and I, the group was up at, you know, at, at, at Wild Bill and Calamity Jane's grave, and they were out exploring, doing whatever. <clears throat> and it was just Marshall and I, and it was it was a gift. I, I don't think I'll ever relive that moment or something like that again, because it was, he's just the sweetest, nicest man, and uh, and I can see why he's so beloved. Absolutely. I, I've had the good fortune of, of knowing Marshall Trimble for some years. He uh, is a frequent visitor of TTR down in Arizona. Um, and so I've got the opportunity, much like you have, to just sit and talk with him and hear his stories. He, he's an amazing uh, individual and quite the character. Um, he, will, he will have you laughing in stitches the whole time. I was just very pleased that, that Marshall was able to come on this particular event. Well, and you can find Marshall... If you guys are interested in knowing more about Marshall Trimble, you can see him at Truest Magazine. Um, I think it's Ask the Marshall. He's somewhere in the magazine, but you can find him on Truest Magazine. And he's also, he's got a podcast, the Marshall and the Madam podcast. Uh, that's got, right now there isn't any new stuff, but I think his older podcasts are out there. And again, we're talking um, Roundup Wrap-Up uh, 2022 with Eric Bergman and I. And, um, and a lot of this, most all this was, uh, was made possible by the wonderful folks at the Wild West History Association. If you want to learn more, go to wildwesthistory.org. Um, so we're in, we're in Deadwood. 
And I have one complaint about Deadwood, one low. And tell me if this is maybe your low or if you thought about it. So in my eyes, as a history destination, I think Tombstone does it right 100%. They have closed off Allen Street and made it so that the only people that can get around Allen Street are the folks like you and I that want to walk around and the stagecoach. But they've, and then they put a layer of dirt down and the visual and what you get out of Tombstone is exactly what somebody wants. It feel, you feel like you're in a Western town. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Tombstone, you know, have the wood sidewalks, you know, yes. you hear the cowboy boots on it, you got the dirt, and, and you're right, you don't have a lot of the cars, a lot of the tours that come through there, and so that is um, the disappointment I had of Deadwood, is it is so touristy, so commercialized, and there's a lot of people, I don't know if that was a special day, or what, maybe it's always like that, I'm not sure, it's my first time, but you there, it is... It is difficult to get that Deadwood experience like Tombstone because they have it set up differently. I agree with you. I think that that would be my one uh, down point of that trip. And that's what I was in. And, and thing about and there's a, there's a similarity between the two, which is Allen and Fremont Street and Tufnut Street parallel each other, right? So when yeah. you get into Tombstone, cars can still go by on Fremont Street. People can still get by on Tufnut and Allen Street is left completely alone. And it gives, like you said, the wooden, the wooden sidewalks and the wooden buildings and the, and you, you can look at a picture of Tombstone and then go there and the picture looks like, you know, it's changed over the years, but it's still, it almost looks the same if you do it. You know what I mean? Agreed. Absolutely. When I went to Deadwood, Deadwood has a lot of the same things that Tombstone has, which is it has another, another road paralleling it. And it was so touristy because like UTVs are going up and down Main Street. Side-by-sides are going up and down Main Street. Trucks are going up and down Main Street. Some of them are blaring their music. Some of them are honking their train horn. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff. And it took away from the historical value to where Deadwood could literally close off its Main Street and do like a layer of dirt or or just leave it alone and allow folks to mingle around and get that feeling of Deadwood knowing that there's another road behind it that parallels it, right? And yeah. I think that was the the bummer for me was to stand on on Deadwood on the main street and not feel like I'm in Deadwood. Like in my head I was like I'm in Deadwood, but I didn't feel like it. When I go to Tombstone, I feel like I'm in Tombstone. Absolutely. That would be the only thing that you would change about Deadwood? Uh, yes, um, absolutely. The, um, as we went on that main street and the, and that open air bus, like I had mentioned earlier, um, there's so much to look at as the tour guide is pointing to the left side of the bus and the right side of the bus. It's a historic locations, um, the, the different things that happened. There are, 
just like you'd mentioned, there's trucks driving by, there's motorcycles driving by and, and just people shoulder to shoulder on the sidewalk. So there's a lot of hustle and bustle that also draws your attention. But like you mentioned, it does take away from the that more authentic Western experience that Deadwood could be. Yes, absolutely. I agree. So you and I were done with Deadwood. We load up. The, we're tired. You know, yeah. I, and I can see everybody's face. We're tired. And we went to dinner to Fort Hayes, the show, the, um, the dinner show. Yep. Um, I didn't mind it so much, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it either, but there were highs and lows. What was your low? Let me see if your low was what my low was. So it was a very hot day uh, and I'm somebody who likes to <laughs> remain as cool as I can. Um, they, um, so Fort Hayes, um, was the, the fort that, uh, Dances with Wolves was filmed in. It was, um, originally the buildings were on a, some private property. They've relocated to this particular area. So they kind of recreated that, uh, in the place that we went. Um, and then when they get that Chuck Wagon dinner, um, they, they, you know, they have you in a very large room. There was 400 of us in the tables. Um, and that room is not air conditioned. <laughs> so when you have a, a very hot evening and you have 400 people inside a building, um, that, that heat can be a little overwhelming. So that was my down uh, of that is the heat again. So we, what was going to be a low for me was going to be a, ended up a high, which was, it's really loud. And I have tinnitus, which is the ringing of the ears. Yeah. And and I can't escape it, but loud music and loud sounds makes it worse. And mm-hmm. so I sat down at the table and realized I can't be here. It's just it's just too loud. And so yeah. I moved up to the front lobby and sat at the front lobby and and eventually worked my way outside during the show. But here's what's crazy. So what was kind of end up gonna be a negative became a positive because the staff a uh, manager came up and said, you know, why are you sitting here? And I said, it's really loud. I have hearing problems. And he goes, oh, why don't you come over here and have dinner with the employees? And I said, oh, well, wow. I don't I don't really eat meat. You know, I'm not a meat eater and I'm a vegetarian. And he goes, oh, no problem. And they made me a vegetarian plate. And, <laughs> and I sat with the employees while the show was, while everybody was eating dinner and everybody was sitting down. And I sat with the employees and shared lemonade. And learned about the drummer that was in the band, and a couple of people were telling me their life stories, and made me a, a wonderful meal. I think the only down, and you might remember this too as a downer, they ran out of water, and the toilets couldn't flush, and there was nowhere to wash your hands. <laughs> that was definitely a downer because it was <laughs> having to be a critical time after dinner. <laughs> yeah, man they they ran out of water, and I was. I was trying to help the guy because I do air conditioning for a living. And it was weird. He goes, yeah, he goes, our water comes from the feed of the campground and the campground is full. And the guy that owns the campground cut back on our water. And it was literally a trickle into their sump. The guy that owned the campground, it was, it was crazy. I'm like, you don't have your own well. And he's like, no, we get our water from the campground. And he cut us off because... We were either using too much or he wasn't going to have enough water for his campground. Like, it was the weirdest thing. But overall, it ended up being a fantastic time. And I want to thank the staff over at Fort Hayes for, um, you know, really bending over backwards to make sure that I was okay. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad to hear that story, Mike. I hadn't heard that they had taken care of you like that. Although it doesn't surprise me. Um, and I also want to say, I hope that my my comment about the temperature uh, does not persuade people to not visit that that Fort Hayes because they have an amazing place there. It's a, a great oh place to go see some some history. And really, they have 400 people in that room for that that chuck wagon experience of feeding but they go by row and they get that whole place with their food probably in a half hour everybody gets in gets their plate and gets going and it's it is a very impressive setup the food was amazing um so i i I want to encourage people to go um just the down part was that temperature for me but they have an amazing setup there and they are very very efficient and they serve those folks that are there, I would, that's a very impressive takeaway um, that I'll have from that event. Agreed, 100%. So you and I, we get down to show, we're back in the buses. Um, the buses were fantastic. They were clean. They were comfortable because we were gone like 12 or 13 hours. It was crazy. All hours. day. All and day. they were air conditioned. <laughs> yeah, and they were air conditioned. Right. They were comfortable. And, and again, I was a kid in the candy store because – Sitting directly, almost directly across from me is Kurt House and John Bosnecker. And they're talking oh, yeah. the whole time. And so I'm just like sitting there like a sponge trying to like, you know, this of things that they're talking about. And it was really fantastic. Um, let's talk about Saturday night. Saturday okay. night comes and it's the formal dinner. Um, highs and lows. If any. Hmm. Any lows? You know, honestly, um, again, aside from the temperature in that very large room, very hot. I have no lows from especially that night. That night was uh, more intimate. They had taken some of the tables out. So before they had many tables set up. And so we were more spread out. But when they took some of those tables out, we had to actually fill up the tables as a group. And actually that made it more cozy and intimate. And I think that that just really kind of upped the game. So Saturday night was, it was just a such a wonderful time. Um, yeah, no lows on that day. I actually have a low. I did. But it's not what you would think. It was more of a sadness. Because they did a tribute to folks who had passed in the last two years. And there were some amazing people there that I'll never get to meet. And and watching Roy say their names and their passing dates um, and, and, and the heart, not heartbreak, but... He's just an emotional, wonderful human being. And you can tell the love that he has for those people that were on there. And I was sad that I'll never get a chance to meet Bob McCubbin or Fred Nolan or the other people that have had passed. And um, and you could tell by the love on the people's faces when they were watching that they were really, it was a sad moment. And um, man, it was just a big bummer. I think that for me was... Uh, you know, it wasn't really a low. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that, you know, I'll never get to meet those people. Um, yeah. So, um, like I had said, beginning when we talked about when I walked in and I saw family, right. People that I know, I did have the, um, 
um, the good fortune of being able to meet Bob and Kevin and, and some of those other folks that had passed. Not all of them. I wished I, um, like you, that I had that opportunity. But when you are spending time um, with these folks and they're sharing their stories and their lives, they they feel like family. And so I was very moved by Roy um, and his emotion. I've known Roy for 20 years and um, we've done lots of talks, lots of different um, things. And I've not seen him break down like that. I was moved myself, but yeah. it is like family has passed. Right. Um, yeah. It was just, you know, some wonderful folks and you could see the love on everybody's faces that knew them and, and knew about them and had shared time with them. So that I think wasn't really a low per se. It was just a really sad moment. And, um, and, and, you know, God bless them. And, and I hope they're in heaven and they got their wings and they're watching down <laughs> over us going, you guys just keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. I think the high though was the event itself. The, the music we, we, we did the, the thing and then John Bosnecker, won the award for the, I think the best book for 2021 and um and he was another person that I had never we've interviewed on podcast I've spoken to him multiple times on the phone and emailing and never met and got to meet John that was a highlight of the trip um the music <laughs> I don't know where this band came from or how Roy found them but holy cow they were good what did you think? They were, they were really very good. impressive. Their singing and their coordination and very, very impressive. I, I'm hoping because he said something like, oh, we drove 18 hours from Kansas. I want to see him in, in San Antonio for 2023. Like they were awesome. They were funny and the music and they were tight. Oh, my God. I don't know exactly who they are, but if you're listening, you know, and the, and the folks, you know, drop me a comment or send me an email and. And uh, I'll post something in a comment. But they were, man, they were really, really good. Um, I thought they were a local band. What's that? I thought they were local. Oh, well, I hope they, if they're local, I hope they'll drive to San Antonio because I, I could no, go I, to see them again. Yeah, um, I don't know that they are local. You had mentioned that they had driven 18 hours. I hadn't heard that portion. Oh. So I guess I just made an assumption that they were local. But if they drove 18 hours to be a part of that, I'm even more impressed. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that they, they come back again. Roy, if you're listening, we'd, I'd love to see him again. Um, Absolutely. 2023. Wrap up or roundup is going to be in San Antonio, Texas in 2023. Yes. Are you going? Absolutely, I'm going. I would not, I would not miss another roundup if I can at all make it. Um, Lord when the creeks don't rise, I will be at, at every roundup from now on as long as I can. Awesome. I, I am too. I Again, I can't wait for Texas. I'm like 20, I'm like 20, you know, it can't get here soon enough. And then before you know it, it'll be here and we're on our way down to San Antonio. I'm really, I've never been to San Antonio, so I'm really excited to see the Alamo and oh, yeah. the Texas history because there's a lot of folks. And one of the people that I met, um, his name is uh, is Bill O'Neill. Oh, yes. And Bill is from Carthage, Texas. And Bill is a historian. He's a state historian for Texas and uh, was for a while. But Bill O'Neill ended up being, hearing his session and talk is somebody that I can't wait to really deep dive into with his history about Texas. 
And so if you get a chance, uh, you definitely want to check out uh, Bill O'Neill. Um, he's just a fantastic guy. And look up his books at BillO'NealBooks at Yahoo.com. That is his email address at Bill um, Bill O'Neill books at yahoo.com and you can get his books there that are all about Texas. And so for me, I'm super excited about Texas. Um, anything else before we go, anything else about the, the roundup that, that we didn't talk about? Um, as far as the, the roundup event itself, I think we covered it. The only other thing I just want to add is if you like, uh, any wild west history, uh, if you want to, um, meet some of those folks who are doing that research, writing those books, um, the people who, when you watch the shows on the Discovery Channel or whatever, the History Channel, they're, they're the ones who are interviewed. If you want to meet them, if you want to be able to get some of those stories and, and be there where some of this events took place, WWHA, uh, TTR, I highly recommend both of those events. They are, it is incredible. I look forward to now both of those. Tombstone was always my, my vacation. That's what I do. Now I'm adding the, the roundup. And so if history, Wild West history is your thing, these should be on your calendar. Well, you heard it first. I can't say it enough. So uh, if you're looking for information about the Wild West History Association, you can do so at wildwesthistory.org. Um, and TTR can be found on Facebook at Tombstone Territory Rendezvous. Uh, it's coming up. It's, uh, it's a fun event. It's down in Tombstone. We have dinner at the Tombstone Mountain Ranch, which is even better. It's just fantastic. And uh, you'll see so many wonderful people. And we're all connected. So if you want to join um, WWHA and you don't have to join TTR, but come to TTR. We'd love to have you down there. And we'd love to see you. Of course, my friends over the Tombstone Epitaph, Arizona's longest-running newspaper. You can subscribe and have it delivered right to your door. And you can do so by going to tombstoneepitaph.com. Until next time, safe travels, and we'll see you soon.